Good morning and welcome to our new series called Here. Last week we got introduced to overlanding and, and that's that activity of taking a, a vehicle, an off-road vehicle and designing it in such a way that it can handle hard terrain and go places where you normally are never able to go. So I told you I was going to get involved with it and I dove in and I've got my rig and it's now time for me to start building it. You know, I've noticed around the Charleston area that there are people with all kinds of cool Jeeps. I, I don't know all the different variances of Jeep, but there are all kinds of high-tech Jeeps. You see them with giant wheels, with coil springs. You see them with all these lift kits. You see all these cool things like gas tanks on the back and all this hardware for overlanding. But for the most part, you look at them and, and you realize they're probably not getting used. Uh, you know, a Jeep is a terrain-eating machine, and it should be used that way. But most people just use them as grocery getters. They just, you know, want to have that really cool Jeep logo and all that capability and the black wheels and the knobby tires. And, I mean, I get it. It, it feels really cool. You feel empowered. But um, a lot of people never even use that power. You know, I, I have a friend named Emily, and she has a Jeep. And, and what I like about her is, I mean, she's the real deal because she does stuff that most people don't do. She takes her Jeep in those environments where it tests the capabilities. She loves mudding. She likes working on her Jeep. She goes trail riding. She does with a Jeep what you're supposed to be doing with a Jeep. You know, and I'm finding that this correlates so much with our faith. We don't realize that our faith is designed for the hard terrain. I think we think faith is designed to avoid the terrain. We think faith is really cool looking vehicle that we get from the dealership of God and then we, we drive only on the best roads and then when we don't experience good roads, we freak out, not realizing that this vehicle really was designed to take us through hard moments like this. Israel went through the hardest of terrain. As they drove through the wilderness, overlanding, they had to fight enemies, they had to fight doubts, they had to fight all kinds of issues. And they had to put their trust in God. So God had them build a rig. He had them build this place, this tent of meaning, where they would come together and meet together with God and with one another. They would tabernacle with God. And there they would experience uh, the friendship of God, the refreshing of God, the encouragement of God, and the leadership of God. And they discovered that they could meet God here in the toughest moments of life. You know, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm thinking you have. Uh, life seems to be getting harder than most of us expected it would be, at least 2020. And, and it's not that it's just hard one way. The terrain seems to be constantly changing underneath our feet. Like we said last week, you can't always pick or choose the terrain, but you can build for the ride. And we're finding that with all this adversity pressing in on us, that we each need God right here. That there needs to be a build in our personal lives so that we can meet God in every single moment that we're experiencing. Now, I, I know someone is going to say to me that, well, God is everywhere. He, he's everywhere you're going to go, so 
What do you mean here, that creating a space where God is here? And that is true. God is omnipresent and he's everywhere. But there's also a lot of men all over the earth. But when my wife and I are sharing a moment together, having a here moment, that is different than, than men being everywhere. Like in, like in marriage, a here moment is when both parties set aside time to talk, to grow, to learn, to cry, to rejoice, to celebrate together. I mean, that's what it looks like. And too many of us have experienced marriages where the other person's heart was not in it, where the other person wasn't here. Oh, no, technically like the omnipresence of God, we, we could say, yeah, everywhere. But, but sometimes you can find out that you can be sitting with a person who's not really there. And I think a lot of times God finds that with us. You know, my wife is an expert at figuring out whether or not I am here. Not my physicality. Uh, I love that. That's a good football term. But not my physicality, but she, she can just look at my eyes and listen to my responses and find out really fast, am I really here in this moment with her? And, it, and, it's, and it's like that with God. We drive around with a belief system in God, but our hearts sometimes are just not in it. We're there, but we're not really here with God. And I don't know, it, it could be the hardships of life, it could be uh, busyness, could be just plain apathy. But we tend to move away from the refreshing functionality of our relationship with God. And, 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 and the reason why I'm phrasing it so like, like that so delicately is because I'm not saying we're, we're falling out of salvation with God or that God no longer loves us or we're not children of God any longer. But we're, there is this thing of um, the refreshing functionality of a relationship, you know, when it's clicking on all cylinders, when it's operating the way that it's supposed to happen, when a marriage is going the way that it should, there's this sense of refreshing that's built into it, maybe a relationship with a child or a relationship with a friend, and that there are times when we allow distances to occur and to separate us where that refreshing functionality doesn't seem to be there, because our hearts are not in it. We're just not here. Jesus even uses words like this. He, he even like compares it with a husband and wife relationship about being here in the relationship. In Revelations 2 verse 4, he says, I have this against you. He's, he's kind of looking at our relationship with him and he's like, listen, I, I, I'm really concerned about this. He says that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. What is he saying? He's like, you're not here. I'm here. I love you. I'm here in this relationship with you, but you've abandoned it. Um, where have you gone? And, and he's, he's just telling us, you're not here. And he says, remember therefore from where you have fallen, and repent and do the works that you did at first. He said, get back to being here in this relationship with me. This is not just some, well, God's everywhere. This is, God's like, no, I, I want to meet you. I want to want you to experience the refreshing functionality of tabernacling with me, with meeting with me as, we, as you walk through the wilderness and experiencing that refreshing in life. And so he says, get back to what 
you knew in the very beginning. Do you remember the very beginning of your marriage or your relationship? I remember when I started dating Susan. I mean, I can remember places where we went. I can remember songs that were on the radio when we were smooching. I mean, I, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, so much so, I was so here in the moment with Susan while we were dating. I almost got fired because I would always be late for work. I was working the, the night shift, and, and my job was to take over for the shift that was there before, and, and they would always be angry at me because we would just go out on a date, and all of a sudden it would be like 10.30, and I'd have to be at work at, at 11 o'clock, and I'd have to drive all the way to work, and, and they would be angry at me, but it was like I just did not want to stop being where? Here in that moment with Susan. I mean, I can remember that there were times in order to maintain purity before God, that there were times that we were enjoying the here moment so much that I had to run out of the apartment. I mean, it was just, you know, it, we were in love and we were, we were passionate about being here together. And here we are 35 years later and we've traveled a lot of terrain, but what I've discovered is that through intentionally creating and protecting here moments, talking together, crying together, rejoicing together, laughing together, working together, meeting together, protecting the here moments, that over all these years we have experienced refreshing. Uh, and the great thing is I don't have to run out of the apartment anymore. And this is true with God that we can be refreshed in the worst of terrain, the most difficult of life experiences. It happened with Jacob. His life was coming apart. I mean, it was really coming apart. He, he had to leave home because he had tricked his father and his older brother was so angry at him, he was hunting him down to kill him. So talk about your dysfunctional biblical family. I mean, this is... This is what was happening in Jacob's life. So he's now on the run. So as he's, he's trying to get away from his brother and get away from his family as fast as he can, he's, he's, he gets tired and he stops for the night to rest. Let me pick up the story as it's told to us out of Genesis chapter 28. Taking one of the stones of that place, now that, that's hardship. I mean, it doesn't say a pillow. It says, taking one of, the, one of the stones of that place, Jacob put it under his head, and he laid down in that place to sleep. And he dreamt. And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and saying, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. 
and he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was Lutz before. This is a here moment. And in order to have an, a here moment, both parties have to be here. Can't just have one person here. You know, both people have to be there. And God and Jacob are in this here moment together. And this here moment is impactful on Jacob so much that he calls it the house of God. Now, I'm sure he had some primitive idea about, about the house of God or, or how God inhabited time and space, but, but he, he just felt that, wow, this must be a special place. And maybe he gave a, a little bit too much geographical significance to it, but he kind of felt like, wow, this is Bethel. This is the very house of God. You know, when I look at the story, I, it gives me two things that I take away from it that I think we all need to hear at this particular moment where we are on our terrain as a culture and as individuals. The first was this. It's what Jacob says when he wakes up. Genesis 8, uh, 28, 16, he says, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. I didn't even know that he was here. Now, I believe Jacob already believed in God. He's, he's already had some in, interaction with his theology. He has the idea that it's the God of heaven. He understands that God is everywhere. He's got that fundamental idea in his head. But what he didn't understand was that God was here in his life. See, some of us have a mythology about God that if God is here, then everything is in order and perfect and wonderful and peaceful and there's nobody chasing us to kill us. See, he was surprised to find out that God was there. But I don't think it was just geographical. I think when he says that he was surprised that God was here, that he was saying, I didn't know you cared. You know, that the caring of God was there. I didn't know you knew me personally. Or maybe it was this. I didn't know that you would help a total screw-up. Somebody who deserves everything that they're getting in life. I didn't think you would be in, I didn't think you'd be there. Or maybe I didn't know you would be here in this place of pain and fear. See, I have learned over my life that there is something worse than being ungodly. It is being God-less. See, even when you're ungodly, there is always the hope of God bringing about change in your life. But being Godless is a place where nothing good can happen. And so something about life harassed Jacob so much that he lost the awareness of God, that he was, he was shocked, he was surprised that even in the, the melee of confusion and running and difficulty, he's like, you're here? You're here with me? You know, I thought you would be with the good people. I thought you would be with those who are doing it right. Um, but I'm shocked that I find that you're here in this situation. How about you? Are you are, would you be surprised to find that God would be here right now with you? Maybe you're walking through a divorce. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction. 
Maybe you're looking at the world at COVID-19 and uh, racial inequality, financial upheaval, political disintegration, whatever it may be. And maybe you're looking, it's like, you know, if God loves us, and I love it, CNN, New York Times will always bring about some bad event will occur on the planet, and then the headlines, where is God? See, because it's, it's like us to lose the awareness of God. Uh, when, we, when we don't have here moments with God, we're surprised that God could actually want to be here. When we mess up totally, we kind of lose the vision that God wants to be here, that he cares about me, that he knows me, even if I'm a screw up. The second thing that I learned from this and that we need to hear comes from what God says to Jacob in this here moment. Genesis 28, verse 15, the Lord says, behold, I am with you, Jacob, and will Keep you wherever you go, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. He speaks comfort and strength into the soul of Jacob. Now, here's the thing. He says, I will be with you, Jacob, wherever you go. Now, I'm not saying that all the places that you're going are places that you should be going. I'm not saying that all the places that you're going are going to be good places, I, he didn't say, I'm going to change the terrain. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and talk to Esau and straighten him out, so, or I'll just zap him and I'll blow him up or something um, so that he won't chase you or kill you or change the heart of your father uh, and get him to forgive you. But, you know, he doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. Uh, he didn't change the terrain, but he built a better ride for Jacob meaning he spoke into Jacob's soul comfort and strength that he would never leave him. Isn't this what your heart needs right now? I mean, because, let's be honest, I can't refresh you. I can't, I can't get into your soul and do a refreshing work. Crosstown can't you? I mean, you could say, oh, if we could just get back to church, I would be refreshed. Yes, there would be some sort of element of benefit that we would get, but it would really come down to you having to meet God, both parties arriving at the same place together. You know, um, COVID-19 may not be going away soon. And maybe your hopes are resting on, well, they're going to get a, a vaccine. Um, or maybe it's going to go away with the heat. And, and I think the further we go along, it's like, eh, it doesn't seem like that's happening. Or um, it may not be going away soon. Um, or there's even the threat that it may come back. Then there's America. America is dealing with all kinds of issues. And, you know, in order for this to get better in America, we're going to be dealing with issues for a long time to come. They're not just going away. Maybe circumstances in your life may not change. Maybe there's certain illnesses. Maybe there are certain relationships that you have to live in, that you're, you're in, and you always are having to go over the terrain of. Maybe there's financial difficulty that you're in the middle. Sometimes the terrain does not change. But that's not what God does. God does in the middle of this here moment with Jacob, he speaks refreshing into his soul, strength and comfort. And it only happens in a here moment. 
your soul needs to hear this. My soul needs to hear this. I need to hear exactly this. I need to hear God saying deep inside of me, I am with you, Paul, and will keep you wherever you go, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. See, that's, that's the refreshing that comes with this meeting with God, with, with spending time with him, where we meet together with God and we, we share our lives with him and our, 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 our tears and our joy and our successes and our failures. And then we always get surprised that he is there with us every single time. Jacob takes the rock that he slept on and he turns it into an altar and calls that place Bethel, the house of God. I, I think that's so funny. He's, he's got nothing else. I mean, that's how destitute that he is. And he, he wants to do something, so he's got this rock. So he takes from the stone of rest, the stone of sleep, he now uses it because it has become an altar of encounter for him. What I think that speaks to us in metaphorical language is this, that the hardships of life, the hardest places and the hardest difficulties of life can become places of encounter with God if we will meet him there. Not trying to avoid it, not trying to keep our Jeeps on paved road, but rather that if we will encounter God in the most difficult of spaces of life, if we will encounter him there, if we will meet with him and that we will seek him here. And Jacob all of a sudden realizes that this difficult stone of life becomes a place of worship, a place of meeting with God. And we find in the history of Jacob that when he found himself in a difficult place, he would return again and again to this place he called Bethel uh, to remember the here moments that he had with God. Where are you having here moments? I mean, I know you're listening online, maybe, some of the time. I know that you're probably not going to church uh, because of the difficulty of COVID-19. But, but where are you having here moments with God? Where are you intentionally going to meet with God so that you can speak to him and he can speak into your life? Let me just tell you something that I've done. I've, it, it's real simple. I bought this pad on, on Amazon, and, and the reason why I bought it is um, I, 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 I wanted to have something that I could take with me that would remind me of here moments, of creating here moments everywhere with God. And what I, I got this for is for kneeling. And it's got a neat little handle I can carry with, with me. I can put it in my laptop bag. But, but what it made me real, realize is that it reminds me of being intentional about creating here moments with God. So if this is in my vehicle, it's like, wow, well, what about now? See, this always says to me the word here. Um, it always communicates to me, um, this is a place. Wherever I take this can become a here moment between me and God. 
Um, it's my place of cultivating meeting with God. So when I go into my office, I throw it on the ground, I kneel on it, and I can talk to God. When I go home, I can throw it on the ground and, and on the floor, and I can just kneel and, and meet with God. When I, when I go out to uh, maybe watch the birds land in the feeder, I can throw it on the ground. And, and it's like, well, do you got to have a pad? Absolutely not. We all know that. But what this is serving to do is to remind me, like that stone that Jacob had, did he need the stone? Was there anything holy about that stone? No, there was nothing holy about that stone. One moment it was a pillow, the next minute it was an altar. But it was a reminder to Jacob the power of here moments with God. See, what this says to my soul is what Jacob said, that I am putting myself or I have met God at the gate of heaven. And when you put it that way, when you realize that this is the, the place where I meet with God at the gate of heaven, um, that brings the potential of change and refreshing so close to our lives. It's my place of refreshing where God speaks to my soul. And I've heard your stories. I'm living your story. We're all living the same story to one degree or another. They're different, but... We all know the same fatigue, we know the same doubt, we know the same hurts, the same fears, the same, you know, just being overwhelmed with what the future's about. But God wants us to cultivate a here moment mentality with him. So I'm going to paint here on this. I don't know exactly how I'm gonna do it. I don't know what fashion, you know, calligraphy or spray paint or, you know, graffiti or how I'm going to do it. But, but somehow I'm going to paint the word here on this. And, and I'm inviting you to join me, to have just this little thing to remind you because we all need reminding. And to take it with you, even just for a week, just to remind you that, oh, okay, God is here and I, I need to put my knees on this because it is the practice of cultivating hereness with God, presence with God. So I invite you to, to get one of these. You don't have to get it on Amazon. You get it at Walmart. It doesn't have to be a foamy thing. It could be, could be a rug. But can I encourage you to paint the word here on it? And I would love to see it. So if you could take um, a picture of it and uh, just... Send me a picture. I, I think you can send it to our website at info at crosstownchurch.com. I think we could probably tweet it out at hashtag I am here at Crosstown. And what a, what a great thing so that we can kind of see something about your expression of being here with God. Is it about the foam pad? No, it's not. But what it is about is creating moments with God. We all know God is everywhere, but am I meeting with him? Am I talking with him? Am I allowing him to talk with me? Or am I the heart that's not in it? Yes, I'm driving the vehicle around, but I'm not really journeying with God. So this series over the next couple of weeks as we move forward will be to help you cultivate your here moments. So if you don't know how to do it, that's fine. Starting with the getting the pad and saying here, um, that's a great start. And just getting on your knees maybe in the morning and just saying, Father, I'm here. And just let God talk to you. You can just tell him what, 
what you like about life, what you don't like about life. You can talk about what you like about you or what you like about him, what you don't like about him, what you don't like about you. But let it be a place where you begin to travel over land, over the terrain of difficulty of life. You have a faith. Now it's time to use it. I mean, you got the tires. You, you got the, the rag top that you can take off and, and take the top down and go for the ride. You got the suspension. You know, now it's time for us to start having these moments with God to have our hearts back in it. And it reminds me once again the words of Jesus um, when he said that we have abandoned our first love. It's like your heart's not in it anymore. And it's not because we decided we hated God, but it was just life scared us out of it. It just compressed it for us. It just didn't make any room for God anymore. And, and God says, do the first work over again. It's a time for meeting with me. You remember what it was like when we dated? Do you remember what it was like when you discovered my love for you? Let's get back to that because that still is the place of refreshing. Father, as we come into this moment, as we enter into this time of expressing our relationship with you, and that's, that's what this here moment is, whether it's in communion, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in this time of worship, whether it's calling the, the number and having prayer with another person. God, we are here. And we know that whenever we seek your face, that you meet with us. If we return to you, you have already returned to us. And you are here waiting. You stand at the door and knock waiting for us to open up and have supper with you, to have communion with you, to have conversation with you. And you have invited us back to this place of refreshing. We can't always pick the terrain, but we can build for a better ride. We can tabernacle with you in the most difficult of terrain and experience the power of refreshing.